Oh, wow. Yeah, that's just about the most metal drinking implement I've seen in a long time. Oh, man. I got to show you the cup that Milton got me for Christmas. It's like a skull with a Viking helmet with ram horns, and that's like how you hold it. Awesome. (laughs) That's dope. It's like this big. It's like almost as big as that tankard. Wow. Skull sized. What do they say in a is it skull? Yeah. When they drink? In in Assassin's Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Yeah. Oh, the game's so fun. It's really good. I look forward to going back to it sometime. Sitting on my shelf. I kept saying I was going to go back to it, so I didn't uninstall it, and then I needed the hard drive space, so it, yeah. it went it went away. It's yeah. not like I can't reinstall it, but it makes it less likely for me to ever go back. Yeah, I'll probably wait and eventually get the season pass on sale and then take that chance to go back and play all the all the stuff. Yeah, I wanted to play some of the DLC content, but the reviews were mixed on them. So, like, I think the first one was good. The second one was, like, eh. Okay. And then what I've heard is, like, all the holiday stuff is just the same thing every time. Yeah, that's what I heard, too, which is disappointing, especially because it was so buggy the first time around. Oh, it was awful. (laughs) So awful. You have to use words. <laughs> yeah, you you can't just speak in the uh, <laughs> verbal equivalent of wingdings. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, welcome to uh, episode 18 of the Co-Ops Podcast. I'm uh, Zach, and I'm joined by the bearded gorilla, Garrett, and <laughs> and uh, and the the Final Fantasy demon slayer himself. Nick. Oh, that's me. I don't know what to say. Final Fantasy something. The man, yeah. the maniac. The icon slayer is what they call you in uh, in 14. Oh, icon. What What's an icon? Uh, so the, the things that are normally summons in other games are uh, referred to as primals in this. They're like uh, things that uh, like different tribes or other groups of people summon it's basically if you have a god that you worship and you feed it enough like magical energy in the form of crystals and prayer um it will come to life and Hmm. um and do a bunch of damage and cause a lot of chaos so um you you slay those they call them icons spelled e-i-k-o-n uh which i can only imagine is a reference to Ico from Final Fantasy IX. Interesting. Who is a summoner? So I didn't even think about that. I would never if if I just saw that spelled out, I would never think that it spelled the word icon. Yeah, it, it's it's a Ekin. strange one. Yeah, <laughs> Ekans, my favorite Pokemon. <laughs> hey uh, Nick, did you know that means snake backwards? Wow, the town of Nilbog. And did you know that Gert backwards is Turg? <laughs> well that revelation uh good night everyone (laughs) (laughs) this is the backwards alphabet podcast if you have a son who rebels against you his name will be turg hey guys did you know that uh we also have beer every episode oh right and surprisingly i haven't drank any yet whoa uh (laughs) we decided uh for those keeping track at home nobody's keeping track we're skipping garrett we're skipping Garrett. He's a loser. He doesn't get to pick this week. So we're going right over to Nick's pick. And uh, uh, 
Nick picked a ferocious uh, marsupial beer here. Go ahead and uh, what are we drinking? I did. So uh, thanks to Matt, a friend of the show, for recommending this beer. This is Combat Wombat from Rogue Ales. Um, It's a sour hazy IPA, um, 6.7 ABV, 49 IBU. So it's not the least bitter hazy that we've had. It's uh, made with Australian uh, hops, uh, specifically specifically Australian hops, Um, but it's also brewed with blood orange and grapefruit. Um, And uh, most most importantly, uh, free-range coastal water. Which has to be the most pretentious way of putting water on your ingredients list that I've ever seen. Do they make them run down the coast and scoop it into their hands so it's not technically in the <laughs> container? And then, I, I don't know. I don't know. They, like, cross the threshold from the beach to the land, and then they go, now it's... Eh, and they throw yeah. it in the barrel. I don't know. They carry it uh, in their mouth to the to the brewing container, and Ooh. they just spit it out. Baby bird style. Oh, that's why this is a sour. It's the employee mouthfeel. <laughs> 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 brings a whole new whole new meaning to mouthfeel yeah exactly <laughs> first t- oh well i guess real quick i did make note here that this ha- has won a couple of awards um so apparently people like it it's uh best of the northwest pacific region uh two years in a row 2018 2019 so that's not for nothing well and it's specifically for the united states beer tasting championship which i i think that that is uh, really a really good explanation because this beer definitely tastes it has a <laughs> lot going on it has it a lot going on and it's it's like it's not that i don't like it or that i that i do really like it it's just it's so different than anything that we've had so far which is fascinating yeah. the smell of it alone is so it's just so fragrant and citrusy and then you drink it and it's immediately like somebody squirted a grapefruit in your face yeah and then, i don't know about you guys but mine smells like leather well yeah. that's because you have a corset on your tankard <laughs> <laughs> yeah fresh leather i am drinking tonight out of a a, a big uh mug thing that my wife got me at a res- renaissance fair that is uh, wrapped in leather so that's all i smell it's very cool. Well, you're missing out. Yeah. Yeah, this the scent of it is is pretty intense. And it's funny that it is so different because it sounds like it should be a lot like some of the fruity hazy IPAs that that we've had um or even the sour that we had. Um and it's it's a little more like the sour. It's it has that sort of exactly like you said, the sort of sour bitter punch from grapefruit. Um my my history with rogue is uh i i have a bit of a disdain built in for them uh because they make so many gimmicky beers like they were the first to do a bacon maple beer back when bacon maple bars were all the rage um and wasn't that based off like the voodoo donuts like mm-hmm. it was like voodoo it was like voodoo bacon maple ale or something like that yeah, so at least it was legit. It had the license, but in general, when I look at their beers, they always seem kind of gimmicky. But uh, Matt vouched for this one as being good, and I I like it well enough. But there's like it's so intense, and something about it, even though I know that the um, the flavors come from real fruits, it still feels artificial somehow. 
I, I think I'm used to the hazy IPAs we've had where it's just the citra hops that um, that give it that citrusy flavor. Yeah, they're, they're one of their other gimmicky beers, which is called like uh, Bat Squatch. Um, <laughs> Bat Squatch. I've had that one. It's not very good. I don't I don't like it very much. Um, and this one has a very like distinct flavor that I enjoy. And, and we'll see. I think this is kind of one of those ones like I've talked about previously where I could see myself like having one as kind of like an experience, but it's not something that you're just going to be like sitting and like drinking two or three, you know, throughout the course of a day. For me personally, it's just it's it's a very intense flavor. Very rich. It reminds me, I, I don't know um, if you guys get this at all, but it kind of reminds me of the Rattlers and that like the beer itself is kind of hidden and it seems very dominated by the sweet fruit notes. Yeah. Um, I, I really agree. don't taste the beer much at all. Yeah, if I get any flavor from the beer, it's bitterness, but there's also some bitterness to uh, grapefruit, so it's a little... That being said, I'm enjoying it so far. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think it's quite tasty. I don't know, I I think with Garrett, I don't know if I could drink a bunch of these in a row, but... It's pretty intense, but it is is a good, like, if you're going to have one beer, this is a solid choice. Um, Worth noting... For anybody hunting for this, uh, their website says it's June through September is when you can find it. So it's it's kind of a limited thing during the summer. Get on it. What were you going to say, Garrett? I don't remember. So it's cool. Oh. <laughs> wow, it's getting to you already. <laughs> yeah. Three I'm sips a- in and the combat's already punching his wombat. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That sounds uh, bad. Right right in the brain. Uh, <laughs> well, speaking no, of brains. Oh, I remember now. Of course, okay. because you were talking. That's why yes. I remembered. I'd really be um, interested. I haven't particularly had like Australian beers before, except for Fosters. <laughs> sure, um, it's Australian for beer. So I, I would, know. I would like to like compare another uh, beer with uh, with these hops in it because a lot of the beers that we've been drinking are all like Northwest hops, and they all kind of like have this um, similar note. Uh, in a lot of them. So this is like the first one that's way outside of our region um, that has some different hops in it. So it's pretty cool. Where's the, we've, we've had some that had like uh, some European hops, I think. Uh, yeah. One, like, one of them had a bunch of Belgian hops, but I that think was, that was the Pilsner that we had. Was it the Pilsner? Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the mosaic leaf. Yes. Cool. Wow. We're already forgetting <laughs> our own, our own beer lineup. <laughs> to be fair. It has somewhere. been, it has been, 18 episodes already, if we count the E3 one, that we've drank beer. Yeah. Considering I can barely remember what happened yesterday. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I'm impressed. My my brain is particularly melted. I uh, spent the last week uh, cramming in a huge research paper uh, for the final for one of my grad school classes. So I am, I am pretty uh, wiped out uh, brain-wise and... Um, if we want to get to the things we've been playing, uh, the stuff I've been playing has been real comfort food, like turn your brain off, uh, sort of, sort of gaming. Well, I'll, I'll cut you real fast just cause I don't have anything to add to this discussion. Uh, I've been playing the game of life the last week. And so there's not been a whole lot of time for gaming. And so, uh, what I was working on yesterday, however, did melt my brain in fact, and I don't want to do it anymore, but I'm forced to stare at it right now as I record. So I don't, it's, I've been reorganizing and recataloging my game collection and it's a nightmare. Well, when yeah. you post a picture for the episode, you should also personally pick or, uh, you know, post your, your NES collection. Cause it's quite impressive. 
I like your setup. It is. It might look impressive, but to me, it, it it's. Uh, I look at it and I go, "Oh God, there's so much left <laughs> that I have to get." <laughs> there's more. <laughs> yeah, I've got 180 NES games, and there's oh, 500 something of them. So. Yeah, if you're going for the whole collection, is there a holy grail, a one that you really want that you don't have for, yet? For me personally, yeah. Uh, I mean, the holy grail I think of any NES collector would be like a Nintendo World Championship cart, but that's you know stupidly impossible to find. Yep. Maybe from the retail events. releases, stadium events, uh, or like a little Samson. I think right. for me, I have my eyes set a little bit lower. I'd like to to collect. Some of the more fun games, like I think uh, Bubble Bobble Two or Power Blade Two, they're very expensive, but fair, you know, games more that you would obtainable, play. being that there are only five hundred dollars or less. Ooh. So, but they're also fun to play. Uh, whereas a lot of these really expensive ones are are not so much that. Yeah, I missed out on buying an arcade cabinet by like an hour. Oh, oh. so sad. <laughs> it would have been great. Yeah, that would have been cool. Well, that's it for me. Go ahead. Cool. Wants to continue. Well, I I felt like playing something that I didn't have to think about too hard, and uh, it has come up on the show before, so it's been rolling around in my brain. Uh, I finally played through Demon X Machina, a game uh, for the Switch published by Marvelous. Um, I forget the developer. I believe it's called First Studio. Um, for for a really quick second, you said marvelous. My brain went the guys who made backyard baseball. <laughs> oh wait, no, that's humongous. Never mind. Oh yeah, humongous, <laughs> marvelous. They all have exclamation points. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it is. Uh, if you are not familiar, it is a mech game. Uh, you pilot a mech. You uh, are ostensibly fighting corrupted uh, drones and machines and things that have been corrupted by this AI with mysterious goals. Yes, so First Studio is the name of the uh, the developer here. Um, I believe it was published in cooperation with Nintendo, which would be why it is uh, only on Switch. Um, it's on PC. Oh, okay. Well, and I'll, and, uh, I'll, I'll let you get through. Uh, I, I'm eager to hear because I, I, I bought it on PC, but I have some opinions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I'll start by saying I wouldn't necessarily recommend this. I had fun with it um, to some extent, uh, but that was it was one of one of those things where I could feel myself wanting to fix it and like thinking of all the problems that I had with it and thinking of how how it could have done better and. Uh, I, I think the combat is pretty fun, but it can get kind of repetitive. There are a very thin. Yes. Yeah. There are a decent variety of, uh, of enemies to start out, but then you don't get a whole ton extra after that. And, uh, eventually you end up fighting more enemies that are more similarly equipped to yourself. Some of those are interesting. The thing that drove me insane were the uh, the co-pilots that would be around with you and their incessant just pointing out obvious things. And I had a bug in the PC version where um, every time you killed an enemy, 
um, the your like number one AI co-pilot would say the same phrase over and over and over again. Oh. And so I then turned the voices off, and then it was just. And I was like, okay, I'm, yeah. I ended up returning it. I played it for less than two hours on Steam and returned it. And that's that's totally fair. I I really could not stand the English voice acting either, so I switched it to Japanese, and then it just felt like a mech anime. Uh, yeah. And and that was pretty fun. The the Japanese voice acting is is pretty fun. It's very emotive, but not in a way that's annoying like the English one was. What was interesting to me is that it felt like it tried to take things from like Armored Core uh and monster hunter and smash them together and i think that those things don't necessarily work together uh from like a gameplay perspective because you know armored core does have those like very series series missions but there's usually like a boss or something interesting some like challenge to do instead of like go to this marker fight all the robots fly across the map go to this marker fight all the robots um and And like with the co-op and everything, everything there, I just kept thinking, I'm like, like you said, I want to fix this game. And then I, at the time when I was playing it, I go, I'm just going to go play Monster Hunter World because yeah. I can do those fights a thousand times and still have fun. And and this is cool, but I feel like there's just little things that need to be fixed about it. Yeah. And that the missions later on in the game do get a little bit more varied. But my biggest issue with the game, I think, is the pacing where uh the the missions like from from a gameplay perspective and a story perspective it's paced really strangely and it's really really backloaded where a lot of the most interesting stuff in the game happens in the last like couple hours and mm. um you get more interesting mission designs and you get more interesting character development um there i think they made a really interesting world with cool characters in it uh but they don't really do much with them until it's almost too late uh and i would have liked to see some of the reveals about the way the world works and the uh various agendas that the characters that you're fighting alongside have uh i would i would have loved to have seen the things that happen in the last couple hours of the game be put like in at the one third mark uh Mm -hmm. so you have this intro of kind of simple mech game and then you realize that things are a little different than you expect and uh like loyalties are tested and allegiances shift and there's interesting stuff but it's all so late in the game and it all happens basically straight in a row that I I just like I saw these kernels of what could be a really interesting story and interesting game, but they were just not not assembled with the kind of care I would have liked. So how long did it take you to finish this game? Uh, It took me 12 hours. Oh, so really short. It's not terribly long. Yeah, it's it's not too bad. Each of the missions are uh, like maybe 10 minutes tops. Uh, So they're they're quite short missions. Uh, You can kind of do them pretty quickly in succession. Um, I ended up including the, like, I didn't do very many of the side missions, but including those, I ended up doing a little over 50 missions over the course of the the game. Uh, And it is also worth noting, uh, I did not technically finish this game because I got to the final boss and died a couple of times and decided I just don't don't care enough because that final boss is another Final Fantasy X. Yeah, but I I do care enough to get back to Final Fantasy X eventually. But this, 
like that final boss is so much harder than any other thing that you've faced in the game so far. I just well, couldn't. That's care. what I was going to ask is is <clears throat> with the amount of customization that there were and like there, there is and that you can go through and like target specific mechs to have them drop specific items and then you can rank those items up and then it's like there are 15 different parts maybe not 15 but you know that you can customize at some point you're going to hit the wall which sounds like the end boss and it's like okay now go back and do these like basic side missions where you're just going to delete everybody and <laughs> just hope that you get that random part that helps you have that one percent chance to do whatever skill to go beat the boss it's it's not quite like that it's no. generally stats um like each part of your robot affects different stats like your head affects your lock-on range and your feet uh affect your boost speed uh and they're generally pretty good about uh, not not having not going too loot crazy there um, they have very helpful descriptions for the um, for each armor set saying the basic goal of it like this is focused on uh, close combat or this is uh, sacrifices durability for speed uh, or what have you and uh, I I found myself able to like progress with the um, the gear relatively smoothly throughout the game but so it's just you... the design of that final boss where it does so much damage in ways that are so hard to dodge uh, mm. th that it's it and there's no health recovery in the arena unlike in most of the rest of the encounters in the game well i've got a game shark pro tip for you um go in there without a head and legs equipped just use your back jet boosters and have melee weapons Whoosh. it's a smaller target yeah. You can be super agile and light, and then you just <laughs> wail on the boss, and they'll never see it coming. Uh-huh. That's your Game Shark tip. Fantastic. I'll give it a try. See if I can finally beat it. Yeah. Tune in next week for get, get, Gits. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Zach's for, drunk already. For, for Gert's tips and tricks. <laughs> yeah, we'll give you another hot take from the Game Master himself. <laughs> go in there without a head. <laughs> You'll win faster. <laughs> Who needs to lock on to things? Mm -mm. that's why you have melee there's no lock-ons you just swing yeah all right game master tell us about what you've been playing so uh like like zach i didn't uh have the opportunity to play much except for this weekend um a buddy of mine uh drew he loves the dynasty warriors games and Ooh, um, this man <laughs> yeah and so uh samurai warriors 5 recently released and he was really excited about it and, and he goes i always make an event of these releases I usually have somebody come over and, and we just play all day and, and get drunk. And cause it's a game that honestly doesn't really require many brain cells to play like, or to like, you're just killing waves of enemies. We skipped all the story cutscenes. We were just like, Oh, this person's cool and has this weapon. Um, but they changed some stuff about the game. Um, so every character can play with every weapon. So really you're just hmm. like, Oh, here's their, their special stat or their special ultimate that they get. Um, that's really the only thing that defines the characters, but they're all based huh. on like legendary samurai warriors. Um, like Tom uh, Cruise. Yeah. Like Tom Cruise, Tom, no, <laughs> but they have like, <laughs> I, I played as Nobunaga cause I just, uh, how could you know I, you I, fulfill his ambition? I mean, <laughs> and, and then we, uh, unlocked towards the end of our gameplay session, Hanzo Hattori, uh, Great. and, and, uh, he was awesome with his shuriken and dagger and, um, but yeah, we just, we played that, um, like I 
said before, it's just smashing buttons and following the arrows uh, every 20 seconds when it updates you on your objective. I talked about Fire Emblem Warriors in an earlier episode of the show and how that style of game is not for me. So I'm glad you had fun, but I don't think (laughs) that would be my jam, even just as a brainless thing. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I was sitting there and uh, drinking and playing. We had a drinking game that was uh, you had to take a a sip of your drink uh, every 100 kills, but that came up way too fast. So it was (laughs) every 200 kills. And then if you got over 1,000 kills, you had to finish your drink. And I... um, was having so much fun with uh, Nobunaga's uh, um, single katana style, and I was getting like fourteen hundred to eighteen hundred kills per <laughs> per uh, round. And I was just, <laughs> so, so yeah, but you know, over an eleven hour period <laughs> of playing and not playing and just sitting there and hanging out, it was a really really fun experience. It was uh, it was cool. Something that I probably wouldn't purchase myself, but it's just such a fun like couch co op experience thing to do because, like I said, it's just. I think buttons. that's that's the only acceptable way to play that game is both couch co-op and drinking because you have to be able <laughs> to tolerate the bullshit that game throws at you. Yeah. I really enjoyed the um, uh, Hyrule Warriors. I, I got that on the Switch. I think I've talked about it before, but it has so many game modes and the story is actually really interesting if you're a Zelda fan because it like takes parts from the whole entire Zelda universe, uh, which is pretty cool. I haven't played Age of Calamity yet, um, which is That's on the one that list. I'm interested in yeah yeah it's more open world kind of it does have like the little instance missions but it's a lot more expansive and it's uh more lore for the breath of the wild pretty much so it's not a direct sequel to hyrule warriors it just um i think you play in the the age of calamity which is uh before everything gets sealed uh by Mm -hmm. by uh actually zelda but anyway yeah uh yeah (laughs) so I, i played samurai warriors uh five and then uh, for my birthday, had a few friends over and was able to play a few rounds of some fighting games. Um, yeah. Challenged Nick and got my ass beat in Persona oh. 4 Arena Ultimax. Yeah. Hold on. Uh, Hold on. Yeah. This is important. No, I he didn't play Teddy. Who, who, oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I played Kanji. I, I uh, cycled through a handful. Oh, so you beat the shit out of him with a chair. Got I, it. I did. It was great. Yeah. He just kept like air cancel grabbing me and then like slamming me <laughs> into the ground. And um, I, who did I play as? Because I don't like Teddy. her. Shadow Teddy. Labrys. Yeah. I don't know why that name popped in my head, but she has like a goat demon that comes out of the ground. And whenever you try to use her persona attack, which is like a normal attack, it charges up and then you hit the button again and then it goes and then it attacks. But if you get attacked, it cancels that attack. So I'm like <laughs> that's so the annoying. slowest character in the game with a two-headed axe. Yeah. That's uh, the boss and... character, by the way. Oh. So she's probably really good if I knew how to play. Possibly. <laughs> but, yeah, she probably has a pretty unique style. I never never really got into her. Uh, I, played, um, I played Kanji a fair amount. I also played a decent amount of Mitsuru from Persona 3. Um, she's a lot of fun. That was the pistol one, right? Uh, no, that uh, she's the rapier one. Uh, the pistol oh, one is Naoto yeah. from Four. Um, okay, it's gotcha. fun. It's really fun seeing those characters uh, represented in a fighting game and and hearing their voice lines and their personality because you don't get a lot of that kind of really in depth animation in the Persona games themselves because they're JRPGs. So and that game was developed by Arc System Works as well. So yeah. that's why I own it. Yeah, <laughs> I need. 
I need to play that game again. I know that uh, so when Garrett was doing his fight nights every week, he got that game to try, and we played it, and I thought it was like a fun fighting game, but I didn't know who any of the characters were because this was before I'd played any of the Persona games. But now that I've played, you know, 25, 30 hours of three and finished four golden, I kind of want to go back and play it just to to experience those characters in a different way because yeah. that's yeah, like we- the best the best part of four golden was the characters, so. Totally. I was bu- I was bullied into eventually trying Persona Four. Uh, Kale and Kelly and Nick and Lauren Wait, were like Persona. Well, okay. When I get my Steam Deck, I will play it on the Steam. Wait, deck. no, 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 no. This is an excuse to delay it, Garrett. I'm gonna bring my Vita over. No, let you, you borrow. can borrow the Vita no. so you can play it. <laughs> no, it's, I don't it have is, time right now. <laughs> it is a really oh, it's so good. I, I hesitate to use the term life-changing experience lightly, but Persona 4 is just such an engrossing game. And it's so... It's it's a game that can melt away the time uh, and you, you never really think about it because you're just thinking about these characters and wanting to, like, level up your social links with your friends and... Um, the even the the combat stuff is also really excellent and just feels good it's so stylish it's just it's just this wonderful comfortable game and, and the performances of all the voice actors really sell it because they're all exceptional obviously you've got some all-stars like troy baker in the in the cast but um oh my gosh and i'm forgetting her name laura bailey's in there as well yeah i was and, gonna say um that. uh you see so you've, you've got a couple all-stars but everyone nails it and, and really sells the characters and that, that's what helps it and uh it it's a game i never expected to like as much as i did but if you know me uh you know that it's a selling point that i put 80 hours into it so mm-hmm. yeah and i i am going to give it a try um but i would not be surprised if i don't finish it or if I don't get too far into it. it I, I just It is one of those types of things where you ha you have to get past that opening intro that's really long. Well, so. I don't think it's just the intro and I don't know anything about the game story wise other than there are these you yell persona and a, a monster <laughs> demon comes out and <laughs> attacks people. Um uh, that's all murder, that's all I know mystery. and that that's basically that, that uh, Teddy is like a giant clown baby bear in a zipper suit. His head zippers off or something like that. <laughs> to be fair, Teddy, Teddy may be the worst character in the game. So I don't, <laughs> I don't hate Teddy, but I agree. Uh, <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. I, I will give it, I will give it a try um, and, and, and play it. And maybe I'll, I'll absolutely fall in love with it. Yeah. Maybe I'll be in the mood for, for that style of game. But I've had people for years telling me how much I need to play Persona 4 and then when Persona 5 came out uh, my you know circle of work people at the, at that time were just like you got to you got to play the game it's so good it is and it's just something I just never never got around to trying I mean to be fair I have not started either of those games tried them really looked into gameplay at all um I just kind of know about it through like screenshots and you guys telling me so I'll, I'll give it a try yeah it's a really unique experience that uh nothing else will quite like if you if you get into it nothing will scratch the itch like another persona game will because it's just totally. so weird and unique and even the other persona games kind of don't like i played three 
if I recall correctly, after four. Um, and it's definitely the inferior game, but I still enjoyed it and I still played like a hundred hours of it because it uh, it was a persona game and that doesn't um, those don't come along every day and uh, persona one and the halves of two are super different and they're not bad but uh, they're just different and they definitely feel older they're from a different era of game design well the uh, the other the other fighting game that we played that I kind of rekindled my love for uh, is Mar- Marvel versus Capcom 2. Um, and there's, it's actually, uh, very topical right now because the really famous YouTuber and, uh, fighting game streamer, Maximilian dude has started this campaign called uh, hashtag free MVC two. And, um, this really kind of echoes what a lot of, uh, game developers, um, older game developers are talking about as far as game preservation, which uh, Zach is doing for all three of us tenfold. Um, <laughs> Um, but, uh, Marvel versus Capcom two was only available for, you know, in arcades. And then it came out on the dreamcast and then it was, uh, ported to, uh, PlayStation two, which is the worst version of the game and the original Xbox, which happens to be the version I own. Yeah. <laughs> um, still cool. I th- I think it's still one of those things where you should hold on to it. I didn't learn it was bad until I'm like, Garrett, look what I got. He's like, oh, that's the worst one. I'm like, oh. <laughs> but we did we did test it, and I we was very excited. Yeah, and and I got was my like... ass kicked. <laughs> but uh, then um, I believe it was Backbone Studios. Um, who... And they did Xbox as well. Yeah, and it, they did Xbox. And then um, August 9th of 20, so the day before my birthday, uh, was, let's see here, of 2000. Eight, yeah, is it? They had a remaster, or not a re? It was an HD kind of upgrade, so it had widescreen. They like um, uh, did a filter on the pixel art, um, made sure that the background stages look good in 1080p and everything, and it released on Xbox Live Arcade, and that was the only way you could get it. And because of licensing, I think that they sold it for less than a year. Um, they had a they had a case, like an actual game case for it, but inside of it was a digital code. So the only way to get it was digital. And um, because I bought it, I can't even download it through the store. It's delisted. So I had to like go back through years of like Xbox Live purchases and stuff back to 2008 to re-download it um, from my account. So I did that, unburied my 360 and was playing it and was having such a blast. I played it in can, the arcade. Go ahead. Can you not install it on your Series X? No, you cannot. No, oh, you can't wow. find it. No, because of licensing. So, like, that's why, like, yeah, well, I, all... I meant because you own it. So, I assumed just like you would be able mm-hmm. to install it, you know. But so, licensed games uh, rarely get like moved up. So, the Xbox One didn't get any of the Marvel versus Capcom games. Um, Iron Galaxy Studios, which is another, um, they they port and they also work on a lot of fighting games. They actually did seasons two and three of killer instinct the newest one mm-hmm. um but they made the uh marvel versus capcom Col- origins collection which has the original marvel versus capcom and marvel superheroes uh in in one package uh and that was also only on the 360 which i also downloaded and played this weekend as well marvel <laughs> superheroes is a ps1 game right i believe it might have had a ps1 mm. release but it was a it, or, it was yeah 
a lot of those Capcom fighters came out on PS1 because it was kind of mimicking the arcade technology that was in arcades at that time. It was it it's uh what what people call the Marvel series or the start of the Versus series because there was uh Marvel superheroes versus Street Fighter. You know there was X Men Children of the Atom, X Men versus Street Fighter, uh, Marvel versus Capcom, and then Marvel versus Capcom two and three and and then Infinite. Uh, yeah. But anyway, we won't talk about that that much. But anyway, <laughs> um, so the campaign is th- this game has not had an, a, a re-release uh, or an ability to purchase it in 12 years. And it's one of the foundations of the modern fighting game community. It was one of the most, and still is one of the most bonkers, like balls to the wall, hyper fighting games that there are out there. And there were huge tournament scenes for the arcade version and then the console port versions. And today you can probably go onto Twitch and search Marvel vs. Capcom 2 and there's thousands of people hosting and or watching Marvel vs. Capcom 2 tournaments all via emulation. <laughs> and that's yep. the only way that you can do it right now, which, you know, a lot of people, it's, it's illegal, one. And two, um, you know, if you don't own the game or the, the hardware. And then two, some of the way things that you have to do to play against other people uh, or get it all set up and get your controllers programmed is just beyond what people want to do. People want to pay money and have an experience where they can download and just play it or and or play it with their friends. So um, I don't remember the name of the studio, but they are uh, some people from Backbone and some people from Iron Galaxy, the two sm- small studios I just mentioned, formed a new studio. It's called Digital Eclipse. And they uh, got their backing and are uh, working. They say that they're in talks or they're going to start talks with Marvel and Capcom to get licenses for this, which Capcom has started to become a little bit more open with their their licenses for, for things. Um, and with their only real fighting game out right now is Street Fighter V, which is is about to go kind of end of life. They're doing their last season of content and nothing that they've announced in the future. This would be a really good you know, uh, PR and also a good foothold because then it would be relevant again. It could be in big tournaments again. We just saw Evo is wrapping up this weekend. Um, and then Marvel, which Marvel has been known to be very stingy with their licenses um, after the acquisition from Disney, but they have completely turned around and been like, pretty much we yeah. just get approval from us. You can use the Marvel license however you want. So it's not quite I, as much, uh, quite as open as Warhammer is, but nothing, nothing <laughs> is. Yeah, um, but but yeah, so I am very, very hopeful. I want to play more Marvel vs. Capcom 2 because yeah. it's it's just got... I used to go to the arcade all the time and just play Marvel vs. Capcom and Marvel vs. Capcom 2 when I was like in middle school and would get my ass handed to me <laughs> by anybody. I could, I could only beat people who had never played the game before. Um, but there were always these teenagers that would come up and kick me off, kick me off the machine. Cause you set in back in the day, you would set quarters on the machine as like, I'm next. Uh, and so there would be like 10 quarters lined up and then I would get beat. And I'm like, I don't want to stand here for an hour, but it holds a special place in my heart. It's a really insane, uh, versus fighting game from two of my favorite franchises. And I really hope that digital clips can, um, uh, can resurrect this and make it available because I want to share it with my friends. Yeah, it's t- it, it was fun to play the the match that we did, even though I had no idea what I was doing. It was cool to see <laughs> some of those characters. Like barrage. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, he heard that a bunch. <laughs> yeah, he he sure took me for a ride. 
but <laughs> <laughs> it's cool to see characters from like dark stalkers and i played a surf bot which was great super tiny um uh and hayato from star gladiator yes um but yeah i Dude, i hope have this you ever happens. played star gladiator i haven't that game I've, is so fun i've watched videos of it i uh and i say that game is so fun and I've we'll, played we'll it in 15 see years but i remember it being fun <laughs> so uh, hopefully hopefully it's actually fun we'll we'll have to give it a try sometime if you have it still um, i borrowed it no i'll have to i'll find it i'll acquire it it Excellent. has a sequel it can't be expensive it may be it may you, be oh man you never know with yeah. some of these kind of obscure yeah. names that's and true i can't remember what the sequel's called but i'm pretty sure it's not star gladiator 2 it's got some obscure title but it, it does have a sequel. Is the Ultra is that, Star Gladiator? Is that what Air Guys is? Is Air Guys the sequel to Star Gladiators? No, Air Guys is a square fighting game. Oh, I see. That's right, because it had all those Final Fantasy VII characters in it. Yeah, we should oh, play I played Air that Guys. In arcade once. It was like uh, uh, I saw it was Cloud, and he was like in a boxing yep. ring. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Star Gladiator is about fifty dollars. Okay. Wow. Not terribly expensive, but not inexpensive if it's trash. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, I remember Air Guys for two major things. One is uh, the subtitle, God Bless the Ring, which is just amazing. And <laughs> uh, second, for having the most horribly annoying sound that plays when you swap between menu options uh, in the menu. It just makes this really loud... Nyeow! Uh, sort of lasery noise uh, and it does that over and over if you're paging through the the menu choices and it's just just the worst it's is this great. another playstation era fighter it is it is a ps1 game garrett the sequel to that game has the best title it's called plasma sword Whoa. yes that's right that's right it... nightmare of bilstein yeah bilstein's <laughs> the main the <laughs> bilstein's the main villain i think why? Yeah, it was released but, in Japan as Star Gladiator 2, but why is it fucking called Plasma Sword in the, in the um, US? I believe it was because nobody bought Star Gladiator. Oh, and they... so they were like, oh, if we can just like rename it, maybe we can trick people into buying it, I think was kind of the sentiment. Plasma oh Sword. Gosh. Plasma Sword. <laughs> Amazing. But I think a terrible name. Plasma Sword, okay, but Nightmare of... Bilstein. 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 Bilstein is the lamest name for your yeah. villain. It sounds like somebody who works in an office, Bilstein. <laughs> no, it's like, it's like Plasma Sword, the nightmare of Steve. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Yeah. Well, to, to be fair, the big villain in Street Fighter's name is just Seth. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, the, new, the newer one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's uh, not quite as cool as M. Bison. Yeah. Or Sagat. The original, got. even if it is named after Seth Killian, still that's. Uh... I I think of M Bison as the big bad of Street Fighter. I don't think of Sagat. Yeah, true. Well, yeah, I would uh, love to see that re-release happen, and it's it's totally reasonable. Um, Digital Eclipse has working relationships with uh, with Disney and with Capcom. They've done the the re-release work on several collections of things like the. Mm-hmm. Um, the Mega Man collections and like the the Disney Afternoon collection of their like Super Nintendo games, um, and I the... think they also worked on the arcade One Up machines as well. Oh, that sounds right. Doing uh doing modern re releases on the arcade machines, which are like six hundred dollars. Um, <laughs> and I'd rather buy like a an, an old arcade machine for that much because 
I don't know. They're, they're really cool collector's pieces, but I, I can't see myself, even though I love those games so much, spending that much on a 26-inch monitor with two sets of controls mashed next to it that's supposed to sit on your countertop. Yeah, the, the table size really, I, I think, sinks my interest in that too. But I know it would be much more expensive if it were a normal size also. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's benefits to it. Like you look at, uh, like for for the price you pay, you're getting something that's fully functional, like guaranteed to work. The art is in great shape. Whereas for that price, you go find one of those old ones, you're going to have to restore it. The art's going to look like shit. It's going to yeah. be like, you know, sun bleached. Poten- sun bleached, potentially like pasted over something else from another game if it was a conversion. So, right. you know, there, mm-hmm. there's benefits to these uh, one up machines. Oh, definitely. I just, uh, I can't, I can't justify it when I have like uh, an Xbox 360 with Marvel versus Capcom on it. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which uh, is a rare thing these days. It is. And it's mine, and I'm never getting you rid of it because it. I can like never a, it's get like it again. It's like an iPhone with Flappy Bird. You need to put it on oh, eBay. Oh God! <laughs> or what? A PlayStation with a PT? There yep. you go. Yeah. I yep. gave my PS4 to my mom and uh, told her. So there's this application on here. Don't ever delete it ever, please. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I may someday need to play this again. Yeah. <laughs> One day. Oh man. Well, real fast, let's do a beer check-in. Uh, I finished mine like forever ago. I oh, wish wow. I had more than one can of this. Uh, oh, cool. Uh, yeah, we I... didn't we didn't mention this, but this was like very difficult for us to find. Um, I yeah. looked. I physically went to f- three stores and didn't find it. And I checked online at another that I usually can find anything at. And then I went to Rogue's website and did their beer checker, like beer finder thing, and I clicked on every freaking location in my city and i could and it wasn't listed on any of them so yeah uh, nick luckily found enough to to share with garrett who then shared with me it took me some doing to find as well there's a uh, there's a little market slash restaurant called green's corner in town uh that i picked up a four pack at it was the last one left I knew it was available around here because I had seen that particular four pack there before. And when I was looking for a different beer for a different episode, I just happened to see it just this weekend at the local co-op to me. Uh, and so it is sort of available, but it, it took some doing to to find it. Um, so if you can find it, check it out. I, I enjoy it, too. It is a little intense. Um it's another one of those where it really matters that you not drink it out of the can because it just accentuates the artificial feeling when you have it in the can and have that steely taste. Yeah, I don't know if my mouth is watering because I was talking about Marvel versus Capcom <laughs> or because, you know, my taste buds are just uh, having a having a good time. But yeah. in all seriousness, I, I really do enjoy this beer. I take back what I said earlier about not being able to drink multiple. I haven't finished mine yet because I've been talking way too much, but... It's good. It's really, really good. And this is one that I definitely would, um, if you see it, it's rare enough that I would definitely pick it up and have it sitting around in your fridge. Um, yeah. And and share share with some people because it's very interesting. Yeah, it, it is interesting. I've come around on it a lot too. I wasn't a huge fan um, coming into this from the, the can that I drank before, but um, it's kind of like the therapist where the flavor mellows out as you keep drinking it, as you sort of get used to the punchier flavors and can see a little more of the depth of it. 
Uh, I liked it a lot. I wish I had more. Uh, I finished it. I couldn't stop drinking it. I was just like, <laughs> mm-hmm. it goes down very smoothly because of those. Like I like I mentioned, it's it's so aggressively it's very fruity. very fruity, and it's it's just goes down so smooth. Uh, really, the IPA hazy aspect of it does not come through much. It's it's very much in the background. No, I think you you uh, said it pretty well. Like the lemon rattler is what a rattler, <laughs> yeah, is really what kind of comes to mind with the like the really sour like stone or not stone fruit, but the sour fruit. Yeah. But but this is six point seven ABV, and that was so two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that one was two. This one's got a little bit more. What did you what did I call it earlier? Brain punch. Brain yeah. punch. <laughs> Wombat kicks. If if we mm-hmm. ever make a beer of our own, it should be called brain punch. Brain punch. Well, speaking of brain punches, let's get into Ooh. our question. Punch yep, you in the brain with a with a question of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this one comes from uh, Chip. We mentioned him before as uh, the one who yelled at us for using incorrect glasses and drinking things cold when they should be warm and and such. And uh, so uh, he's got an interesting one. He says, "How long or how many quote tries?" until you break down and watch a how-to YouTube video. And so let's let's expand that and also throw in how long until you have to look up something in a guide. Because yeah. I usually don't, myself don't look up YouTube videos, but I, I have been known to turn to a guide or two in my day. I'll so. turn to a video if the guide is not helpful enough, if I like need a specific map location or or something. Uh, 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 you get to start it off. No, you get to start. You Me? haven't talked a lot. Okay. Um... <laughs> For me, uh, when I was younger, I was adamant, no guides. Like, I was a, I'm going to figure this, I'm going to spend 30 hours on this until it's done. Like, I will not, I will not, quote unquote, cheat my way through this, is, was my mentality as I was younger. As I've gotten older and I have less time to play games, I'm like, it doesn't take much. I, I try it three times and I can't figure it out. I'm like, all right, I'm fucking looking it up because I don't have time to waste on this bullshit anymore. Um, yeah. There are exceptions. So for a game that I find very rewarding to to the challenges rewarding, like say Hollow Knight, I tried not to look up anything because I wa- I enjoyed the challenge of it and uh, felt more rewarded when I was able to complete it. Like some of those boss fights are very hard, but there's probably you could look up like some tips and tricks, best charm loadout, that sort of thing. Um, but I didn't do any of that. But and something like recently I was playing Final Fantasy X. Uh, some of those bosses are really hard. And I'm like, how the fuck do I beat this thing? You know, and part of that is the cutscenes we've mentioned were so long. I don't want to sit through those again. So I, I would look it up. So, yeah, I would say if I were to put a, an actual quantifiable number onto this, it's probably th- three tries and I'm and I'm looking it up. If I fail three times, I'm, I'm going to look up the answer or the solution so I can move on. That's kind of where I'm at too. Uh, I, it, it really depends uh, on the, the context there are. I do like games like say dark souls a lot where I try not to look up anything at all. Um, at least until I've finished the game the first time. And then maybe I'll see if I missed anything. Cause there are all kinds of hidden little things. Um, or if I get, the the big determinant for me is I'll start looking something up if I feel like I'm not making progress anymore, if I'm not learning something um, every every run, because then 
that starts to set off the triggers in my brain of like, am I supposed to not be here? Is this trying to tell me that I'm supposed to go somewhere else in this game or do something differently that I just don't recognize? So that's when I'll look it up to see, am I wasting my time? Because I time is so precious when you're an adult that it's <laughs> it's uh, hard to have that kid like just beat your head against it until you finish it. Uh, mentality which is how i got through like the metroid and castlevania games that i really loved as a kid i would just like play it a whole lot um and these days i i don't have that kind of patience um unless unless that's what i'm yeah unless that's what i'm specifically signing up for in the case of something like hollow knight where the the challenge and the learning process is like the joy of the game we mentioned uh, earlier NES games, and uh, those were specifically some of the like most challenging games of my childhood. Where I would like, I think of some of the I've never finished some of these games, like Little Nemo: The Dream Master is a game I love, and I've played it so much, but I cannot finish it. But I refuse to look up anything about it as a kid, and even to this day, I won't do it just because it's like nostalgic for me to apparently hate my life while I play it. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I um. So I'm weird. Um, (laughs) So it really has to do with fun factor for me. Like if I'm no longer having fun, then I look something up, but that's very rare. Um, And it's usually like, how can I put this? Uh, If, if somebody really likes a game and they recommend it to me and they're like, Oh my God, I want you to finish it so that we can talk about it. I will push through. And at the point where I'm no longer like engaged and it's kind of like, I just have to get through this. I'll look up something to get through it. But if I buy a game and I'm playing it and the gameplay loop or the story or just something about it is just not hitting the right way for me, I have so many other options of things I can give my time to me looking up a guide for something that I'm not having fun in. I'm not really interested in it. And if they're like, well, you got to play 40 hours before it gets to the fun part. I'm like, I'm not engaged now. I'm not going to be probably be engaged in 40 hours. So I just drop it and I move on to the next thing. Um, Zach knows this a lot. I always, he's always asking me about all these like different games. Cause I'm playing a lot of different games all the time. Uh, and I think that I've met my, my match with, with Nick because Nick tries <laughs> new games and like finishes them. And he's just like, no, this is done. I'm done with this. And I'm like, Oh, I, played like 12 i finished one <laughs> but, that, but, but that's just me i mean uh like i said i have so many options um yeah. to, to go around that i go okay let me try something else and usually i do the horrible thing of like let's say i'm playing an rpg it's a 30 hour rpg you get 15 hours into it and i just kind of fall out of it i can't just pick that up and play it if I come back to it a year later or even a couple months later, I start all the way over again because for me, it's like it's the experience of doing the entire story um, at least once. And there are very few games that I've played multiple times where I could just pick up a save file dozens of hours in and just continue to play it. So yeah, I'm, 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 I'm uh, different in that way, I guess. (laughs) You're built different. I'm built different. Yeah, that makes sense. And there are there are a fair amount of games that I have just dropped uh, for similar reasons, and Demon X Machina was one of them. Um, mm-hmm. Where a couple hours in, I was just thinking, I'm not really having fun, and I could look up a guide for like 
most interesting builds or something and it was it was just wanting something simpler and wanting to see what this thing which has an interesting world and a lot of really interesting visual design and a lot of other cool things about it uh but is just a very flawed game in general i kind of wanted to see see what it was about and be able to talk about it in an informed way but that was not always enough of a motivator for me to stick with it on the flip side of garrett i don't intentionally drop very many games i i I make sure to put the word intentionally in there because i drop a lot of games because i get like this uh uh, gamer uh add where i go oh shiny and i like just move off of it and i forget about the thing i was playing already but (coughs) final uh, fantasy 7 remake (laughs) (laughs) hey it's still progress is slow but it's happening (laughs) i'm just telling you right now i am not finishing chrono trigger i'm done what you're at the end I fought the boss eight times, oh. and I I'm just done. It's it's a that's how it was for it, me the first time around. So yeah, and and of course, like Nick was like, oh yeah, you're way higher level than I was. I got like all the best stuff. It was one of those things where I looked up because I really wanted to finish it for you guys, and I'm like, I'm at this level. I had all the really cool stuff, and this is just kind of a formality. So I haven't gone so far as to like watch the fight finish and then like learn what happens at the quote unquote end of the story. But it's one of those things where I had fun for a lot of that game, but there was also a significant portion of the game where it was just like, I'm leveling, I'm just leveling up and I'm just grinding, which is a traditional part of JRPGs. I really enjoyed the story, but not so much that I want to continue doing that stupid fight. (laughs) I don't know what you did, but you did it wrong somehow. Yeah, it's, it's strange like, because grinding is basically not a part of that game. Yeah, yeah, I'm like level thirty. Odd. I'm like level thirty or something. And I don't remember like, what level I was when I beat the game, but it, yeah, I don't. Man, I don't remember having that much of a of a difficult time with the boss. I, I it's just uh, I yeah. I beat every other boss on the first try except for one boss I beat on the second try, and then I got to this last boss, and I was like, this is so like you said with uh, uh, Demon X Machina, it's just. For some reason, I'm having the most difficult time defeating it, and I don't really care to anymore. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's killed my will to finish that story. You've seen, that's fine. You've seen most of the interesting stuff about that game, which I think is the characters and the way that they tell the characters' stories over time. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, yeah, now you, you you've seen what I want. Look up the end on YouTube. Yeah, I will at some point. <laughs> I'm just I got so frustrated with it. I was like, I'm just I'm done. You it's threw been... it in the trash. And I'm, and, <laughs> no, and I no, I did Zach, not. Zach I cries. Oh. <laughs> I, I put it back in its case. It's sitting on my shelf. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't intentionally drop very many games because I when I'm engrossed in something, and I want to finish it. It might take me a long time to get through it, but I rarely will intentionally drop something unless it's just absolute trash. That's the only uh, <laughs> The only reason I'll actually just be like, I'm not going to continue playing this game anymore. That used to be how I was, but I started taking a more Garrett-like approach when I started like thinking about my time as a more precious resource. And um, and yeah, there are so many things out there, and I'm an enjoyer of many kinds of media. I like books and movies and podcasts and games and tabletop games and there are so many things to spend my time on that i have to be kind of selective uh because i'm painting such with such broad strokes um 
I, literally and figuratively. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Tiny, tiny strokes, literally. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's there is so much out there. Um, and that's part of why I have been not super thrilled with the uh, rise of games as a service because they really want you to take one game and live in it and every game kind of wants to be that one game that you live in and so as much as I really enjoyed Destiny when I was playing it I I don't think I could go back because I think that game would want to be my only game and one of the really cool things about Final Fantasy 14 is that they ex- explicitly like the producers have sp- explicitly said we don't want this to be the thing that dominates your life we want you to be able to be free to go play other stuff and um and to not they don't build it to incentivize you to just have to grind all the time like say world of warcraft does which is why a lot of people well it's one of the reasons why a lot of people are leaving world of warcraft right now and a lot of them are ending up in final fantasy yeah. I saw a post from uh, there's a Twitter account I follow called Art of NP, and uh, it's a guy uh, named Stephen Reese who he uh, collects original Nintendo Power Art. I may have mentioned him before, but it's very cool what he does. And he made a Twitter post recently that said, "I'm abandoning WoW for reasons." <laughs> and going over to Final <laughs> Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> nice. Which I think if you've we've been following anything, you know what lot. those reasons are. <laughs> yeah, there yep. there are a decent amount of big name streamers of World of Warcraft who have done the same thing. And some of them started doing that before uh the whole cultural reasons, um, but just for gameplay reasons. I gather that it has gotten pretty stagnant in in world of warcraft land and that the design decisions have been trending more towards being grindy and time consuming rather than fun by all accounts from the friends i have who who have recently played the quote-unquote retail version of wow i guess we have to separate that now from the classic version right well and then uh, the classic classic version (laughs) and then the classic (laughs) classic yeah but the retail version i guess has been pretty bad for a while and really unenjoyable so it doesn't surprise me that they're losing uh subscribers and and people are either they're sticking around and playing the old version or they're just jumping ship entirely yeah it's it's a shame and even uh naoki yoshida the lead producer of final fantasy 14 has said like no it doesn't feel good to be quote winning this war that's that's not not how we want to look at it because World of Warcraft was super influential and it's a game that a lot of people on the team played a whole lot of and really learned from and and enjoyed. And so it's sad to see it suffering. Um, well, and, and as we've talked about before, it's the work of hundreds, if not thousands of uh, developers, artists, uh, you know, uh, people working on this game since 2004 um yeah not only does the game have this legacy but a lot of people who have gone on to form or be a part of other game studios uh, and have been very influential got their start um in world of warcraft so it's it's it has its reach throughout gaming history for all time for for kind of what it did absolutely absolute juggernaut of a game totally in memory 
of um, World of Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> Is the picture just going to be a tombstone? Rip wow. <laughs> 2021. <laughs> uh, I think it's going to be at least like 2037 before wow actually dies. Yeah, it, it will so, go man. kicking and screaming into that good night. It's still no, it's still making lots of money, so the, yeah, you know. The next expansion, a... they're like into StarCraft, and they they like, oh, you go through the warp gate, and everybody's in the future now. <laughs> World of StarCraft, new class, guaranteed, space guaranteed that would bring back a ton of people. Guaranteed, Zach would make a a, a zergling, a zergling. He would make a baneling. You you fight one enemy, and then you have to make a new character because you explode. I would almost certainly attempt to play it, but I don't think I would stick with it. As I've mentioned, MMOs and those games as a service, they don't hold my interest these days. They tend not to for me because I just get intimidated and like I I don't think I have the time to spend on something like that, which is why it's so surprising that Final Fantasy 14 hooked me the way that it did. I'm really impressed that like I well, hit the level cap Fantasy in that game. That's true. And that helps a lot. And it's like, so like when, when I started playing the Star Wars X-Wing miniatures game, uh, it, it got me more interested in Star Wars again. Like I was interested in it at first because I liked Star Wars and then I, uh, I started playing the game and then that got me to think like, where did this weird ship come from? Oh, it's from X-Wing versus TIE Fighter. Let me read the story of that game. And like, it got me interested in, in, uh, the world of star wars even more and final fantasy 14 is doing that a lot for me there's stuff sprinkled in from all kinds of games from all across the the series and they're they're just little references it's not literally the character master matoya from uh final fantasy one but it is a character with that name who acts like that character from final fantasy one and so you get that sort of continuity and it's made me want to go back and play all those games to get all the references and and because it's making me nostalgic for them well i'll tell you what i unsubbed as soon as i heard that there's no blitz ball so uh (laughs) square enix you lost my money but there Uh, is triple i'm joking which is even i'm still i'm still i'm still subbed and i don't get to play as much as i did in the onset but um just to echo what nick says i played a lot of mmos i really enjoy the genre because as i've stated multiple times I'm more of a social gamer where I really like to play with other people. That's where I get the most enjoyment out of games is sharing it with, with people, even if they're yeah. random strangers. Um, and, and this and, is a game that is designed to foster better relationships with the random people that you come across. Like it is very rare that I come across a like random dungeon party member who is anything but extremely courteous and helpful and, like people will explain boss mechanics to you if you are in there for the first time. And it's, it is uh really wonderful, the sort of community that they've created. Please really sponsor us, that, Square Enix. <laughs> I really hope that the, the new expansion that they come out with um, changes that those beginning few levels, because I I've tried to get a few friends who are like, Oh, I'm going to download it. You've been playing it a lot and they downloaded it and they played it in the first like 10 hours that you play that game are just so, it's just it's drinking through a fire hose, and then at the same time, um, the the actual things that you're doing aren't very exciting. So as like a new player experience and trying to get other people to play, they have to really be motivated to want to to play or really be in love with the genre or really be in love with Final Fantasy, which can be a very small target to hit based on 
time, (laughs) time and and level of enjoyment because I have tried to get a few people and have successfully grabbed a few, but most of them kind of went, I just don't really like it. (laughs) Yeah, like Zach. It is (laughs) it is a bit of a hard sell or a bit of a slow burn. um, And that makes it a hard sell to to people. But um, fortunately, the free trial is extremely large. The free trial lasting through the entirety of the the game and the first expansion so it's it's just the uh second and third expansions that you have to like buy the game and start subscribing to play um and so you have that you have a lot of time in which the game is completely free and that's nice uh but also your time is a resource and so if uh it is a shame that it's not grabbing people in those early hours but it definitely the stuff you're doing is not nearly as exciting as the stuff that you're doing, say, where I am in Shadowbringers right near the very end. Well, one of the things that I wanted to mention, too, is, you know, we, we haven't really had like a poll or really asked for feedback. We've really just kind of asked for questions. But something that's kind of been on all of our minds is, you know, what are you, the listeners, interested in? There's a, a small uh, group of you out there, loyal listeners, and um, we feel that sometimes we kind of mention the same things over and over. But, you know. I like fighting games. Uh, Nick plays a lot of Final Fantasy XIV, and <laughs> Zach is really heavy into collecting. So, um, you know, we want to keep things interesting, and, and we started this project out as just something fun and didn't really expect uh, very many people to listen to. So um, reach out to us on Twitter, on Facebook. Uh, let us know your thoughts. Like, we definitely are interested in feedback. Um, if you want us to talk less about Final Fantasy, we'll do it. Uh, it's a hard thing for me and Nick <laughs> to not, <laughs> like, kind of mention it as an aside. But, you know, we definitely understand that, you know, if you guys aren't playing it and aren't really interested in it, you know, then then that's something that we can definitely put some cycles into when we're when we're talking about games. I try to only bring it up when it's relevant, but yes. <laughs> it's always relevant, Nick. It is. It's, it's always we're, relevant. We're hopelessly addicted. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, similarly, if you if you want to uh, write in and uh, have more verbose comments and, and want to send us a letter, quote unquote, um, you can send us an email. And uh, if we get anything cool, uh, I guess know that if you send it to us, we may read it. So don't send anything that you don't want read. And uh, But you can send it to... <laughs> Podcast at gmail.com yeah same as all our other socials i guess that's as good a time of any as any mm-hmm. i guess that's as good of a time as any to end this uh zach got a brain punch Watch that. <laughs> yeah this this can art we didn't even mention this can art this this combat wombat he looks like a rambo is just doing a flying kick yep and he's on, kicking you know, a grapefruit the worst of the fruits he says fuck this bitter ass <laughs> fucking fruit and he's and it, assaulting and, uh, it. Speaking of the the can art, uh, if you're just listening, you know you you probably looked up on social media and and you know you're subscribed to the podcast and you download it. Um, check out uh, Instagram and Twitter, and does it get on, uh, on Facebook as well? Yes, it does. Uh, so all the socials, um, check it out there. Um, Nick every week puts together awesome photos that are relevant. They have the, the beer can <laughs> or bottle and they have, you know, sprinkled out little gaming artifacts and, and the like that are relevant to what we're talking about. So yeah. uh, take, a, take a look at that. It's always fun to put those together. They always come out great. So I really appreciate you doing that. Oh, well, thank yeah. you. I agree. makes my job easier because I can just say, ooh, look, a picture, and I upload it. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And I guess I guess Zach edits, so 
good job, I guess. Garrus here is the the personality, <laughs> the good looks. <laughs> he's here as the face. No. <laughs> the face you can never see. He's our he's you... our funding, our uh, our patron. He's he's the Charlie to our angels. That's oh, I thought you were gonna say Charlie to Mac and Dennis, and I was gonna agree with you. Uh, no, you're Frank. Hey, I'm the money guy. You're the money guy, and you have a weird toe knife. I don't have a toe knife. Well, well, we we've got to pay the uh, troll toll, apparently. Oh uh, wow, we've gone way <laughs> off topic. Uh, all right, let's wrap it up. Uh, as always. We're on all of the social places, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Cohops Podcast, one word. Sometimes on Twitch, not very often yet. Uh, hopefully more in the future. Uh, Garrett, where are you at, buddy? Uh, I am on Instagram and Twitter, at gmank16. Um, not contributing very much uh, other than my face. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm at uh, nprinzing on Twitter and at nicholas.prinzing on Instagram. I will be contributing more now that I'm out from under the hole of my first semester of grad school. So uh, I I hope to be a little more active out in the world in all kinds of ways. And I'm on Twitter at Zach has no pants. Well, unless we have anything else, I think that's it. So uh, thanks for listening. Hope you continue to listen. Please, if you like the episode, like our show, leave a review, leave a rating on whatever podcast service you use. Um, It'll help us out a lot. Yep. Get our names out there. It's uh, it's a fun show to make, and we think it's a fun show to listen to, and uh, more people should experience it. Adios. Bye. Bienvenidos. <laughs> <laughs>